the thing about SaaS, the way it's evaluated you know, between venture capitalists and CEOs is how much of a customer lifecycle they can own, which means that there's not much customer lifecycle for you to own as a partner. What we're finding now in 2019 is that there is a shift towards recognizing a SaaS company can't own the entire customer lifecycle if they want to support partners. And partners are important because you talk to more customers in aggregate than they can. They can't phone everybody. They have to work with you. And so as a partner, as an agency, you want to look for SaaS companies that understand this and will support you, right? And allowing you to take on the research recommendation, purchasing, setup integration, training, operating, and maintenance of the product on behalf of customers. So the question is, how do you do this? Automation discussion. Welcome to the Marketing Automation Discussion. Here's your host, my dad. Yeah, back. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast where we unpack the components, dilemmas, and strategies of tech stack capabilities with founders and leaders across all industries who have created a process or a tool to better your business by way of automation. Today, I'm joined by the former head of platform at FreshBooks and current president of the Cloud Software Association, Mr. Sunir Shah. What Sunir and I discuss will help show you how to control your cloud software stack between clients, stakeholders, and agencies you work with. We discuss how to set up appropriate agency controls and processes around your stack, the five most important value propositions of any agency and what consultants can do now to start owning their client's stack for mutual benefit. It's valuable for internal stack managers, marketing agencies, and stack consultants. Without further delay, let's dive in. Sunir, I'll just do the quick Wikipedia version here now for everybody listening. Sunir is uh, the former head of platform at FreshBooks. Um, that's, I assume, where a lot of your partnership, your channel relationships, um, obviously a lot of product management. The big thing, and this is where we got connected, is the presidency. You're the president of the Cloud Software Association. That's a huge network of SaaS providers, resellers, distributors, and it's a really awesome, highly engaged network. I'm in the Slack channel now, so that's been valuable already. If you haven't checked it out, you can head to the site. We'll link to the show notes. The blog is fantastic. I've gotten a ton of value from the blog. So it's just been been really great. But uh, most importantly, right now, you're the CEO of appbind.com. You're listening and you're on an internal team. And you have gone through not only how to develop your internal stack and what software to choose when third parties get involved, whether it's your agency or contractors, etc. There's a lot that needs to be done. That there's a lot of oversight there. So this is the world of cloud management, uh, API integrations, partners where channel partners come into play. Sunir is the expert, in my opinion. I don't know if he will claim this, but I believe of all the people that I've met, Sunir is at the very top of the list of experts in cloud management. So we're going to talk today about that. We're going to talk to two different personas in this episode a little bit differently. But um, if you are an internal team member will have some awesome stuff for you. And if you are an agency or a contractor or a consultant, we'll have some really good stuff for you as well. But again, this episode will help show you how to best control your cloud software stack. So Sunir, why don't you tee us up and give us your soliloquy? I always say that word wrong. Soliloquy? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me here first, Alex. I appreciate it. My background is SaaS partnerships, for sure. Uh, I was head platform at FreshBooks. I do run the SaaS partnership network. And my new product, AppBind, really helps agencies 
who have to solve the problem of how do you actually buy and sell subscriptions to your clients, which is a difficult problem, as anyone knows. AppBuy makes it as simple as using a password manager. Uh, it's really, really straight, uh, totally a new product category, as you mentioned, but it really simplifies uh, the, the problem, the question of how do you actually buy and expense and track each individual subscription. But the, so I got into this question of how do I manage the subscriptions for clients or for myself, it also works for internal teams, from the very simple problem that when I first started at FreshBooks, actually, since you bring it up, um, my very first partnership call uh, when I was at FreshBooks was this confused, difficult mess where uh, the partner wanted to know who owned the customer, who did support, uh, how do I log in, how do I create an account, how, who manages the billing. It was very, very complicated. It was very much a love triangle. Like Both FreshBooks and this partner were fighting for control of the customer. And it certainly wasn't our intention at FreshBooks to fight our partners, but just the very nature of cloud software made it very difficult to allow someone else to manage uh, FreshBooks on behalf of their client. And this is was surprising to me because my background was uh, as a software developer in the Microsoft channel where I used to put you know diskettes in bo boxes and ship them out. You know, it was very easy. Customers, like resellers would call up, say, how do I sell this to my clients? And he's like, we'll just ship it to you. It's 40% the list price and you know, good luck to you. It was really easy. Uh, but you know, cloud software is very powerful. Uh, the internet is a powerful place, especially if you're a marketer or a salesperson, that's a big, much bigger market and there's software now to control, manage, market, huge numbers of business relationships, but it is very difficult to manage because it's no longer in one place, it's no longer transactional. You know, so how do you tame the jungle of cloud software as useful as it is? And so this is what we're gonna talk about today. There's like all sorts of little problems, right? Not just the billing, which is something I'm deeply interested in with AppBinds, but password management, uh, deprovisioning when people leave, provisioning when people join your team, uh, security, tracking what's going on, backups. It is an interesting uh, new challenge, a lot more difficult than it, uh, than it needs to be, despite the fact it's 2019. Great. That's perfect introduction. And if you have been listening to the podcast, you've probably heard the episodes on how to choose a team to manage your stack. We do an API integration or maybe two episodes on that. A um, couple episodes on the best stack for different types of companies. Um, but today, you know, it's all post stack, you know, really what is happening, how many hands are involved, what are the tools that uh, you need to make sure that everything is operating effectively and you have that control that Samir mentioned, that, um, that control over your stack. So if you're on an internal team, whether you're the CEO or maybe you're just a, um, a stack manager of some sort, but you are managing that stack. So what we have for you is a couple tips. First thing is if you want to do the research to ensure that setting up the stack management solution, that ecosystem on top of your stack, uh, make sure it is set up efficiently and securely. Uh, look out for biases. You know, you want to go to agencies and experts for this information, for this uh, advice. Uh, but look out for biases because some agencies will only work with a couple different software providers and a couple different stacks. So, so look out for that, but definitely go to an expert when you're looking to do the initial research and, and kind of create this ecosystem around your stack. Um, I like to interview CIOs, CMOs, uh, CROs, um, especially those in the revenue department, 
that work with a lot of third parties around the stack? Like, how do they do it? What does the day-to-day look like uh, around their stack? I mean, who's involved and how do they manage those people? Uh, Again, we're talking to the internal stakeholders. And when you have your stack built, how do you add the necessary security layers, billing layers, like you said, onboarding and offboarding, new participants. Uh, So in the show notes, or if you're on the article page, you'll see some recommended tools there, everything from finding those tools, where to go to look for those tools and reviews, directories, et cetera, to the management itself, the billing, uh, the password management, monitoring, security, and GDPR and data compliance. And then when you go to set up this entire management ecosystem, some things to think about that I got off of a really great discussion that I'll post a link to. But the gentleman who answered this same sort of question that we're addressing had a couple things to say. Well, first and foremost, identify the responsible point of contact for each entity with access and provide them a list of the entity's users every quarter or six months and ask them to validate the user's ongoing requirements to have access. Automatically revoke access to users who have not accessed any resource value X amount of time and re-enable upon request. I think that's a really great tip. Request HR or supplier management contact to revoke permissions for contractors or suppliers once their contracts are terminated or allow HR some level of management access to the platform. I think those are really good tips that I'll to the total discussion there that you can follow along. But let's talk towards the agencies now, unless I missed anything, if you have anything else you want to say to the internal stakeholders in here? Well, I think like the key thing for the internal or actually anyone is to think about what are the key elements to focus on. You don't necessarily need to be perfect on all of them, but for a lot of people walking away, you know, it's easy to having too many tips may be overwhelming. So uh, let's break it down to the key areas you need to get control of your cloud software jungle. Number one, absolutely, is account management. People will sign up for software all the time at your company because that's just how the internet works. And you will not have control over everything that they do. But what you can control uh, with a nice you know, you know, carrot and stick is making sure they use password managers for everything they do. And if they don't, just put an emphasis on having some kind of password manager that you control, whether it's LastPass, which is one I like, or one login, or Okta at the high end. Do something to control account access. Because people come, people go, but having one place to control accounts is going to be the only way you got to keep track of you know, what's going on inside your company. Number two, there are now products that will scan your credit card bills and your email for what people have signed up for like blissfully.com and ToriHQ, it's T-O-R-I-I-H-Q.com. There are a few of these products that will monitor what products your staff have signed up for based on their email and credit card usage. You should uh, look into them because you're never going to be able to find everything and people won't use password managers for everything and they forget. It's not like they're being silly, but having monitoring of what people are using, that's another critical tool. The third thing is bookkeeping, uh, expense management, because these tools do cost money. So whether it's internally, you just have a bookkeeping process of having some having one credit card or a corporate account that has employee cards attached to it that you can track all the expenses. Or you use a tool like AppBind that allows you to create a credit card for every subscription, allows you to perfectly track everything that's going on in your system. 
make sure that you're direct tracking the bookkeeping. That will give you a pretty good control over the surface area. So a password manager, some kind of monitoring, passive monitoring blissfully, it's great. And some kind of bookkeeping process or billing manager like AppBind. Finally, you also want to make sure that humans are managed uh, in terms of how they use the software because software has got complicated. Make sure you have some kind of knowledge base internally for how these products work. So, I mean, I just use Google Docs, honestly, for each tool. Very simple, like week one onboarding, how to get oriented with this. Links to videos. You know, all these software vendors have like training, just links to them. Have some training manual to get people onboarded. Have some ongoing processes you're managing. I create a, I write up every step of every process I do where I work because people come and go. It's just a good practice. But have some knowledge base. And then you'll also want to have one doc in HR for onboarding staff and one for offboarding because you're going to like lose track of all the tools and make sure those are updated. Because when I was at Olark, there's like 23 or 24 tools we were using. We had to, we had to like set up accounts for everybody. Uh, we lose track. When people leave, right, you'll have to turn them all off sometimes quickly. But making sure your HR just has one place where you're just listing all the critical systems so you can like onboard and offboard people. Password manager, monitoring, bookkeeping, knowledge base, and onboarding, offboarding docs. Simple as that. Wow, I've got some good notes. <laughs> I'm a pro. Learning and recording an episode. So this is good. Um, so yeah, so some of us that, that are listening are representative of consultancies, agencies, or smaller teams, startups that don't live in that world of onboarding, offboarding, um, you know, making sure dozens of participants are up to speed on what's going on. The bookkeeping processes are fairly simple, so they may not need a, another solution on top of their typical bookkeeping just for their cloud software. But what's interesting with the ecosystem, and this is where you know AppBind is, is, is going to thrive, obviously, as well, is there's a whole world of startup stack building creation management um, solutions. G2 Crowd is getting more and more heavy into the space. Platforms like Siftery, shout out to Arc at Airstack and what they're doing. And then, of course, AppBind. And you're providing these tools that allow me as an individual to create the stack of my dreams, manage it effectively, show those that I also collaborate in, in the stacks with that I am aware of what's going on. And I do have that control that we mentioned. And that is a beautiful world. And that's what we want to talk about on automated. That's what we deal with as a platform and as a resource. So we're very heavy into, into this and we're very excited about it. So we wanted to get this episode recorded. So let's talk to those individuals that are contractors that are representatives of agencies, or maybe they're internal and they do manage multiple stacks of different departments internally. So let's talk to those people for a minute. So the first thing is the, um, the business model and uh, what exactly is going on in their world. So maybe talk to me like I'm an internal stakeholder that isn't in this world. Describe the world for me, and then let's talk to those people that do have multiple stacks, and let's give them some really awesome information. When you never deal with software, things feel more complicated than they need to be. But fundamentally, humans have been using contractors for thousands of years, and you always, like you've used a plumber to fix your sink, right? And or I have a general contractor to renovate my basement. Everyone does this, and the normal universe, your contractor will go and solve whatever problems they need and buy whatever materials they need and then charge you time and materials to solve the problem because you've hired that person to take away a problem from your life. And I realized this when I was a consultant, that clients really only hire consultants to lower their anxiety around something, you know, whatever it is, you know, whether you're doing something operationally for them, like you're taking care of a problem for them, or you're a management consultant and you're solving a strategic problem, 
at the end of the day, if their anxiety goes down, you've done a good job. If anxiety goes up, you've done a bad job and they'll get rid of you. And so with software, or if you're a marketing agency, even marketing, the customers hired you to generate more revenue. Like that's the problem they want, you know, maybe in a particular channel. They don't really care what software you're using. Those are the materials. They want the problem solved. But because it's 2019, there's, there's going to be software to do almost any kind of work. And especially internet marketing, there's tons and tons and tons of products that you would want to buy. You know, you could be buying SEO tools. You could be buying social media monitoring, social media scheduling. You might be doing uh, landing pages. You might do analytics. You might do all these things, right? But how do you actually do time and materials billing with cloud software because it's subscription-based? So that is the kind of question that uh, has driven us crazy in the SaaS partnership network, you know, between the trade association and my own role. And I got so tired of talking about it that I started a company, AppLine, because I found a solution to it. And I'm happy to talk about that. But I think more usefully for your audience is understanding what the place of an agency is, or even internally, if it's one team to another inside a company, you know, what your role is to support the other team, right? You know, so there are three major places where me as a client would come to an agency to look for help. It's either buying the software, onboarding the software, or executing using the software. And all of this serves a general problem. You know, some objective overall, some business objective. And each one of these has opportunities to create value and do things with your time and expertise, right? You're not just going to the shelf and buying. I don't care if my plumber buys a gasket. It's not the gasket I care about, right? The value is that he knows what to do with the gasket, right? To fix my sink. In fact, he knows that it is a gasket I need and the right one, and he knows where to get it, and he just takes care of it. So if you are an agency, clients will often come to you. If you don't know, you're going to do the research. You might use tools like G2Crowd or Siftery or, or, or Airstack, right? Or just Googling, probably, or asking your friends. That's what they're coming to. You're an expert. You'll be able to evaluate this. You'll end up making a recommendation. And typically, in most universes, except for cloud software, you would actually purchase it for them. But this is the problem that AppBind is trying to solve. I'll get to that. Once you've acquired the software, typically, though, in the cloud, you'd actually get the client to buy it for themselves. Once you've acquired the software, there's a lot of value for the agency. In fact, the most value, in my opinion, is the onboarding side, which is the setup of the software, negotiating with the vendor to configuring it, uh, integrating it with the rest of the system. There's a lot of integration work, which is extremely valuable because no software is, is an island. It always has to work with a whole bunch of other systems and processes and training staff because software is as nice as UX would be. There's still training to be involved to fit it into the processes of the organization. And then the last thing uh, is operating. So you might be running their social media campaigns month on month, or you might be running PPC. Operating the actual business process means you're operating the software that underlies that process. And then there's a maintenance component too, because software has problems. Even removing, adding, removing staff, or keeping up with security issues, or you know, building changes, or whatever's going on. There's some level of, of basic IT, even if you're not an IT company, that you have to keep up with what's going on with the software. A lot of problems for clients is that they don't want to add more IT burden either because they don't have IT or they don't want to bother to ask their IT because as soon as IT gets involved, it becomes like a nightmare. As an agency, that's a great opportunity for you to take over some of the IT management, uh, even if you don't consider yourself an IT firm. I mean, even like IT manager of SEM Rush or Buffer, all these changes that they might be making. I mean, MailChimp and Shopify, that whole story, you'd have to keep up on top of that. You know, that's a place for you to continue creating value. With SaaS, software as a service, the SaaS vendor will want to do as much of that as they can. The thing about SaaS, the way it's evaluated you know, between venture capitalists and CEOs is how much of a customer lifecycle they can own, which means that there's not much customer lifecycle for you to own as a partner. What we're finding now in 2019 is that there is a shift towards recognizing a SaaS company can't own the entire customer lifecycle if they want to support partners. And partners are important because you talk to more customers in aggregate than they can. 
They can't phone everybody. They have to work with you. And so as a partner, as an agency, you want to look for SaaS companies that understand this and will support you, right? And allowing you to take on the research recommendation, purchasing, setup integration, training, operating and maintenance of the product on behalf of customers. So the question is, how do you do this? That works for internal teams as well as external teams, but let's talk about pure agencies, right? Because they have to make money separately from the internal organization, right? So what are the business models that agencies typically uh, have to employ to when working with software? Now, nine times out of 10, in the way it is right now, is that you'll get the customer to buy their own software. Like, how do you buy a subscription for a client, really? I mean, it's an ongoing expense that may change over time. It's a bookkeeping cost and overhead. You may not want to manage it, right? But if, you know, customers may not know what you're talking about. Like, they may not know what, you know, social media monitoring is. They may not know what any of this stuff is, right? You're making them buy stuff. They hired you as an expert to figure out for them. It's a bit silly. And it's actually giving away your value and saying you don't have that much value here. And you're letting the SaaS vendor come in and show the customer how much more value they have than you. And it's not really a great experience when you get your customer to whip out their credit card for something that you could do for them, right? It slows things down too. They have to go through the sales process. The other one times out of 10, you'll figure out a way of buying it yourself. And you have to manage the subscription for the client. And there's a myriad of ways people do that. Some of the more agency-friendly tools like ActiveCampaign or Clipfolio will have some kind of master account, sub-account model where you can buy one account as an agency and create sub-accounts for your clients, which is great for you because your clients is stuck with you. They can't leave. They can't get their account back, but bad for the SaaS vendor and bad for your clients. And actually does make offboarding, which will eventually happen, difficult. I mean, your clients may not want it. They may want to control their accounts. I mean, I would, certainly. But so how do then you manage the, the resell? to them, or you end up buying it somehow on your own card or invoice and then have to juggle the expense every month. And that was the thing that has killed everybody is, is the expensing of ongoing subscription costs. I mean, this is where AppBind fits in. AppBind is a billing manager. Our little magic trick is very much like a password manager generates a password on a login form. We generate a new credit card number on the billing form. And that allows us when the charges come in, they come into your AppBind account on the SaaS vendor, whatever you're buying, active campaign, you know, Facebook ads, crazy egg, whatever you're buying. Charges come in to AppBind. You can then manage them, separated for each client, so they're not all mixed together one credit card. So you know like where they're coming from and for whom. And if you want to, you can add a markup and pass the charges directly onto the customer's credit card right through AppBind automatically, so you're not holding any financial risk. You know, if the price goes up because you know, a lot of these products are variable cost, you don't have to worry about that. The price just goes right through to the customer plus your markup. So you're making some money as a as a managed service. It makes it a lot easier now to like think about building a whole stack of solutions for your client. And what AppLine will also allow you to do is transfer those subscriptions to your client at the end of the project you know, if, if they leave you. So that's a good value. Like I said, onboarding is the best part. It's the most amount of money. So you might onboard a whole, create a whole stack for them and then set it up for them. And you can just transfer that stack at the end of your deal to them with one click rather than have to go into the building and update everything. And one more interesting thing that AppLine does just to oversell it because it's my baby. Uh, it also allows you to have backup cards in AppBind. So it's a big problem with, with cloud software is that you have a single point of failure, which is the one corporate card. If it ever gets expired or stolen, canceled in some way, suspended, then you have to go and update your whole stack, which could take on your operations. I know that I've known that my servers have gone down or my domains have gone down because my billing has uh, screwed up. But AppBind solves that problem because you can put backup cards in AppBind and just rolls over to the next card. And then you can also have one place to update your, your billings. You put your card in there, AppBind in one place and updates all the cards that are connected to your AppBind account. It takes one less risk away from you, yourself, and your client. And of course, AppBind works for your internal teams just as well as it works for clients. 
So AppBind fits in the middle. AppBind is a solution that is both valuable for the agency, of course, allowing the agency to maintain control of the billing and the software stack from a cost perspective. And the actual owner of the platform that is contracting the agency to manage the stack, it is also beneficial for them because there is that level of security, that level of management, the rollover of the billing. I, I really like that a ton of intrinsic value in using AppBind, whether you're using it through a third party or using it internally yourself, which I really, really liked. And I haven't seen a solution like AppBind and been trying to find something similar. And I know there are solutions that exist in other industries that um, are somewhat similar, but it's just, it's a very unique product, which we love. So check it out, AppBind.com. Let's do this. Uh, I want to get a really good example of what exactly we can use AppBind for in a real world scenario that we both work in a lot. So we can talk to the agencies, we can talk to a consultant that runs a lot of software. What would an entire stack for that consultant look like? Maybe what would they need to do? Let's do a go here, do this type of scenario and talk to that agency, that consultant. Well, first, a lot of your listeners probably already have client billing somehow on their credit cards, like whether they are doing media buys uh, and they have to somehow track that expense and that expense it to their clients, or they've bought like tools like a landing page manager for that client or like a social media monitoring or social media scheduling tool for that client. If you're already tracking that expense and managing your client app line, it fits right in like to your process and makes it easier. Like what same reason why would you put passwords on a post-it note? If you use a password manager, you should use a subscription billing manager to manage subscription billing. So that's hopefully will light up some light bulbs. But if you're not doing that, let me explain to you the value. I'm uh let's say a yoga studio. I'm Jane's yoga studio. Well, I'm not, but like I have a client named Jane. She has a yoga studio. She does not know anything about internet marketing. She is focused on her yoga studio. I have a marketing agency. She comes comes to me and says, Could you set me up with the internet marketing? And by the way, this is an extremely common case for internet marketers. People specialize in, in yoga studios and spas. MindBody just sold to Vista for over a billion dollars. MindBody, if for those don't you don't know, is a yoga studio management software tool. They also do spas. They just so she needs like a point of sale system. She needs a CRM. She needs a scheduling tool. I mean, MindBody would do a lot of this. She needs social media, of course. She needs some website. She needs Instagram management, Facebook. She needs ad buys. She needs email marketing. She needs a lot of things. This is a lot of work for someone who's too busy running you know, the actual studio, right? So she'll hire an agency who specializes in this. So you as an agency have to set up her entire stack and you want to do all the ad buys for her. So how do you actually do that? So you'd go immediately to Jane and say, go buy all these things, right? That would be your process stack, right? So then you're just waiting on Jane to set up everything. And meanwhile, you're losing all this value. And how do you add something to that stack in the future? If you need something like six months down the road, you find something better to go back to the client. I mean, you have more than one client to go sign up for all this stuff. It's nuts. A much better solution is using something like AppBind is that you just get Jane to put her credit card in with your AppBind account so you have some place to charge her expense, past expenses onto her. And then you go and buy whatever you need. You go buy MindBody if you want to or Clover and MailChimp, Unbounce, Facebook ads, you know, YouTube ads, Instagram ads, buy, sell ads, whatever you want to buy, right? You can buy them with AppBind. Go ahead and buy them. And then you can put on the markups that you agree to. Maybe for ads, you put 25% markup because it's pretty typical ad agency markup for ad budget. And maybe 10% for the software uh, or you know 25% for everything, whatever you want. Uh, and then the charges come in, they just pass right on to, to Jane's card. And you look like a hero because you've set up her entire 
stack and you're managing it all, operating it all, and then you're focused on how you can get more more for her. I mean, there are now really good tools like hashtag paid to manage Instagram influencers. So you might want to buy that service for Jane because you're managing her Instagram. See, there's a lot of opportunity for her in Instagram in that market. So then you might want to buy this. And how could you do that, you know, in the, in the, in the old way, right? With AppBind, you just talk to Jane. Like, I didn't want to do this. She approves it. Then you go ahead and just do it. You just go buy your hashtag paid subscription and buy the influencer ads from there and off you're off to the races. It makes it a lot easier for you as an agency to manage that client Right. And then, of course, you're making your markup for all the money flowing through you, which is fair because you're putting a lot of effort into it. Right. And you're doing a lot of work for it, creating a lot of value for her. And her Jane is happier. You're making her more money. You know, you're tracking all the expenses. You're not annoying your bookkeeping staff with overhead, creating more value. You're open. You're free to grow your business. I got it. We're looking at Jane's stack now. We've got MindBody. I don't remember the cost, but let's say 50 bucks a user, something like that. I did social media calendar management, maybe Buffer, 10 bucks a month. Uh, marketing automation, add active campaign in there, another 30 bucks a month-ish. Design, maybe they, they Canva, you know, another 10 bucks a month plus stock imagery. PPC ads, Facebook, AdWords, Pinterest, set a budget for that create those ad accounts, influencers, hashtag paid or wherever else. And so if we add all this up, you know, without the PPC budget, just the stack itself, we're looking at six solutions that if I'm a yoga studio owner, I don't have the time, the capacity uh, or the understanding. I can just imagine someone getting an active campaign, trying to onboard an active campaign, just the setup, like what account do you choose? How do you set up the users? Just actually going to the website and signing up and looking at a pricing page and trying to figure out what you need. And then I'm on the phone with you and we're talking. The really big mindset here that has to happen is obviously Jane has to really trust you. More than that, she has to trust what is about to happen. Talk to me about a couple things. Talk to me about when an app buying user wants to onboard a new client, what are the main rebuttals that the client gives to using a product or service like AppBind? Talk me through that. And then also just mention if there is a scenario where a lot of software providers will do OAuth into your Gmail, you'll sign up with Gmail and then you're the admin and it's connected to my Gmail account as automated.af or whatever else. So just talk to those two things, the trust component and then the OAuth component of me signing someone else up. There are some clients that are easier to work with and some are more difficult. Absolutely the number one objection. Agencies have told me that the biggest problem is actually convincing clients to onboard more cost or more products and services into their mix. Now, if you are a marketing agency, presumably you are delivering results associated with these costs. That's helpful. If you are not a you know, marketing agency or cost center, it's more difficult. First, basic sales. Always talk about the overall business objective and why this is like, makes tactical or strategic sense. For instance, if you're going to do an Instagram influencer campaign, it better be because you've been doing well on Instagram. You know, it's not like it's a random expense you're trying to load in. So then it makes sense to have an Instagram management tool, you know, or influencer management tool because you're going to go crazy trying to keep track of it, right? And then you just basically say, we're happy to not use the tool, but you, then you're going to use our manual time to manage it, which will cost $200 an hour, or we can do this for $50 a month. Like, you know, what's sensible to use the right tools? Like just same reason you wouldn't, I wouldn't tell my general contractor right? Not to use pneumatic drills. How can they do anything without pneumatics? Like everything's pneumatic. So then they'd be like, what are you talking about? Of course, they'd have to use pneumatic drills. I wouldn't talk to my general contractor about the tools, but the expenses, they definitely are sensitive about. So you need to be a good steward of what products you use. 
But part of the value of AppLine is all the charges are individually enumerated clearly. And you can turn off the subscriptions, you know, if they're not working easily in one place, right? And the clients uh, will get a statement of the final charges to them. So they'll see what's happening. It's not like you're lying to them. It's transparent. It's very clear what's happening. You are their partner. You're helping them. You know, AppLine is all about making you look like a hero to your client. When you're talking to them about buying something new, focus on what is the overall goal and like what is the shortest path to get there. Right. And this is the easiest thing to do. Or, you know, otherwise, you're going to have to use human time, which is more expensive because software is supposed to make things easier. And if they say no, then you just say no to the project. You just can't move forward on that investment. You know, the customer may have reasons not to invest any further, but that's if you haven't convinced them to invest more in you, I can't help you with that. That's on you to make sure that you have built that trust and you have that credibility factor that you have other clients that are in this. So a lot of the people listening, of course, will not be completely familiar with AppBind, obviously, which means that they are not doing this because there are not a lot of options, maybe no options um, to do what AppBind does. So this is going to be something new. So I'm managing other stacks. Maybe I just have access to their QuickBooks or their FreshBooks or whatever, and I'm running the procurement. I've got their credit card number stored in a secure place. Talk me through the new stack process of I've got my clients, they've all already signed up for these stacks. Two things there, onboarding them from whatever their current stack is managed under into this new ecosystem. And then the second thing is what I mentioned where I'm just creating a new stack and there is some level of requirement for um, a Gmail or a LinkedIn sign up? So a couple things. First, whatever the client is giving you the credit card, that's a danger zone because you should not be holding credit cards in your hands. Ideally, they put it into QuickBooks Online or FreshBooks, Zero, right? But you can't use those to, to expense these subscriptions in an easy way. So AppLine solves that problem. And AppLine does take the credit card securely or their bank account connection securely so you don't have to ever touch their credit card. And that should make them feel a lot better. And they'll have total control eventually of the subscriptions. So this is actually much gives them more security using AppBind around their payment information. That is a key reason to use online tools rather than ever putting them on a post note, which is like you know, a lot of people do that. Don't write down the credit cards. It's a huge mistake. Because like six months down, you need to make another charge. You just have to have that credit card sorted. I've had a text seen in text messages, definitely store them online securely somewhere. So AppBind is trying to solve this problem of expensing through subscriptions. Number two, if they have an existing stack, which is most of the time they will, like like a lot of HubSpot agencies, you know, they work with HubSpot. Customers already bought HubSpot and then they're like, HubSpot, this is hard. Uh, I don't know what to do with this. How do I do anything with this? Then they'll end up sent over to an agency, right? So in that case, don't try to take over their existing stack. They've already purchased it and managed it internally. Focus on the other parts of value. I mean, you're just trying to lower their risk, not increase their risk. So you know, unless you're doing something valuable by taking over the control, like as an IT management, you don't need to worry about that. Focus on the setup, onboarding, integrations, training, operation, maintenance side of things. Focus on where you're, where you're actually contributing. You know, remember all the time as an agency, all you're trying to do is lower the amount of, of risk, lower amount of anxiety they feel as a client. If you're going in that direction, you're winning. If you're going the opposite direction, you're losing. And then the third thing you mentioned was around single sign-on. So it's a really bad idea for a client to give you access to their Gmail, because that is their most secured access point. So pro most products will allow username password logins or email password logins, not just SSO, and they should be using a password manager with you. So use whatever password manager they use. Most clients don't have one. Uh, and if they do, they most likely are using LastPass uh, or, or one login, something like that. So just align yourself with their password manager. You may end up with more than one password manager. 
if you have a lot of clients, just it's life. Most people don't have password managers because it's just sad. So try to get them on one or the other, even may even sell it to them. But use a password manager to share usernames and passwords. You can't use your client's single sign-on because that means you need to be them, authenticate as them, which means somehow you have access to their secure authentication authorization, which is dangerous. I mean, I do that with my virtual assistants. Do have access to my Gmail because they manage my Gmail, but uh, and they can SSO as me. But that's a very special relationship. I don't think you should ask for that as an agency, personally, but you should ask for a username password. Let me throw out a hypothetical. So a Google Apps account, um, you have your super admin account. You created that Google Apps account under your email. You're the CEO creating a email for apps at that email has a known password by the contractors. That is the email that is the admin email for all of these new products, right? Talk me through that scenario, possible pros and cons of doing it that way. Yeah, so I've, I've, we've done that. When I was at Olark, there was a team account's email address that we used to, to sign up for everything. The problem was is offboarding. Sometimes offboarding is very rapid, right? And so that team account's password is insecure. It's usually the same email and the same password everywhere. It's bad. Or if you have a password manager, you know, there's one account that you have to make sure you lock down when people are leaving. What you can do much better, because you want to do it per person rather than across the whole team, is have a login for the, like have, create a new, if you just want to use your existing domain, create a email address for the contractor. Maybe one for the whole agency, right, as a whole. And then you can turn that one off, right? And then you could use a group email if you want for your account. There's lifecycle emails that come from each product. So you might create a team accounts or, you know, at yourcompany.com, which is a group inside Google. Add the contractor's email into that group if you want. They can turn themselves, and then you can turn them off in one place, like Google Admin, without blowing away your whole, right? And still use a password manager. I love that. Okay, so let's, um, we don't have to summarize the whole entire episode, but just the main things that we talked about here, the five key components in this whole stack ecosystem, stack management ecosystem from account management, software signup monitors. Uh, bookkeeping and expense management, internal knowledge base, and HR repositories for onboarding and offboarding. Uh, then for agencies, we've given you a ton of value and things to consider when you're warming up new clients and how to make sure that you're doing right by them, um, helping them with the buying process. Maybe you're, maybe you're an agency that helps more on the onboarding process. The negotiation, the love that you mentioned, the negotiation value of having that third party because agencies and consultants will deal with the same providers over and over again, and they will work a discount in for you. We can have that value. So um, the onboarding process, training of the staff, or maybe you're an agency that's just in the execution component and you're running campaigns. Maybe you're doing the data, the account-based marketing. Uh, maybe you're just building workflows, the automations for the clients. Whether you're in any one of those three buckets, the software stack you can use to show high-quality management or just the mindset in general can start and end with AppBind to instill that trust to show them you can manage their stack effectively, securely, most importantly, and you've got your shit together. We did a great example where a yoga studio comes to me or you as the uh, agency and says, I want to start marketing, right? I want to start sales. I want to build this out. They may not have much, but you 
spin them up a few different softwares. We, we counted six total. And what you do with that software is obviously have that account existent in AppBind. And then you don't have to hold the card. You don't have to share credit card information. It's super secure. And then we talked about the trust component, like I mentioned, to instill trust, tell that client, don't bother uh, giving me access to your main accounts. Give me a sub account, assign that to me. Don't bother giving me your credit card. Use AppBind. Talked about the single sign-in component, making sure that you have an email that exists for each agency, a recommended uh, strategy for making sure that you can control the offboarding and the inclusion of that agency relationship in a secure way. Now, what I want to do is just end with kind of the future state, anything that you want to mention around where this is all going. You know, AppBind is paving the way for this new sort of third-party ecosystem of complete cloud management solution. So where is the industry of cloud management from a third party going? And the future is managed services. And the reason why software used to be a product, now there are services and agencies are service companies fundamentally. And you're selling an overall service, like whether it's marketing services to your clients or sales consultancy, right? Software just makes it easier for those services. So you're going to sell those software services as part of your services to the client. So you just have to think about these software stacks as not selling them a product or whatever, but part of what you're servicing them with, right? Because it's making you more efficient and a better expert. The question is, right now, can you find software vendors that recognize that the customer lifecycle, all the value about supporting the customer through the lifecycle, they don't need to own it. They can work with you as a partner to own pieces of it. Can they create a business model that makes sense and allows you to fit it into the way you sell services to clients? And there's a whole bunch of extra services that no individual software as a service uh, will enable, but together, collectively, they allow you as an agency, as an expert to provide, which whether it's integrating the whole stack together, tracking privacy, security, compliance issues, changes in billing models and pricing, what's the next piece of software to buy to build out the stack, managing onboarding, offboarding, and training across the whole system. You're there to steward and help these customers navigate this jungle and bring it under control lower the anxiety and risk of, of the internet and all the, all the things you can do with it. If you realize only an agency can do that, the software vendors can't do that because they can only sell one product at a time. You could look at their whole system and provide value across the whole sphere of it. The amount of value in creating as an agency expands dramatically. There's a lot more you can do. And that's the future of agency work, taming the jungle for clients, allowing them to get more out of the internet. That's a great place to conclude. Um, any calls to action? Well, you should go to appbind.com and sign up and try it out and try buying a subscription for yourself. And if it makes sense to you, then start loading in your clients and start supporting them, try to manage more services through them, especially if you're already managing stuff in your existing credit cards, get that off your credit card and get it into AppBind so it's manageable and you don't try to go crazy with the bookkeeping. And for the internal team, same thing. If you have a single point of failure of one corporate credit card, right, across all your teams, you know, what happens if that card dies, right? You're in deep trouble. AppBind will allow each individual uh, in your team to uh, buy subscriptions, manage them inside AppBind. Backup cards are there, track individual expenses, turn on and off subscriptions in one place. If you're just listening to the podcast episode, head back to automated.af to check out the actual resource that has all the links, et cetera. Check out AppBind, obviously, and Cloud Software Association. We'll have all those links. And I'd like to thank Sanir again for taking the time. This was a long episode, but I think it's completely worth it because we got so much value for a bunch of different thank you so much for taking the time thank you for having me well, take care Sunir. have a great rest of the week